1: Make your tactical rifle tactic and accessorize it with the latest gear from GunTech USA. Family-owned and operated, GunTech USA manufactures tactical accessories for AR-15 and AR-308 platform-style rifles. For nearly three decades, GunTech USA has been producing the finest quality accessories for American Shooting Sports' favorite rifles. Choose GunTech USA for pistol grips, flash hiders, tactical scope mounts, slings, compensators, iron sights, and more. Keep your AR rifle cool under fire with GunTech USA's new free-floating handguards. To so locate a dealer near you or to check out their vast Selection of parts, accessories, and gun tech swag. Visit GUNTECUSA.com. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or have it done, make your tactical rifle tactic cool. Insist on GunTech USA Parts. GunTech USA, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment, the National Rifle Association, and the Wounded Warrior Project. Online at GUNTECUSA.com. Guntech USA, defining tactical excellence for 27 years and counting.
3: Welcome back to Arms Room Radio, coming to you
2: live from Caltech Studios. Hey, we promise to bring you all things gun, all the gun time. Uh, My name is Mike, and I'll be your guide for the next two hours here on the program. Uh, Hey, listen, before we get started, let me introduce my fellow patriots gathered with me today on this uh, glorious day. On my right, the right-hand man, the great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson of Daniel Boone. Please welcome him back. His name is Earl.
4: Dr. Co. approve memos. Lead a workshop. Remember
2: birthdays. Ah, good to be back. Good to be back. Uh, how are you doing this week, sir? everything going all right so far? Doing well. doing well. Uh, good, good to hear. Good to hear. Let me, uh, let me let me let me let me switch over. Let me move to the left here real quick. On my left, guarding the door, the legal ninja, the courtroom assassin, please welcome him back Mr. Kevin Maxwell. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for being here, sir. Appreciate you uh, being here with us giving us your gracious presence again. Hey, folks, before we get going, you can now hear us live on the Internet, 3 to 5 p.m. on Saturdays, Eastern Time
5: eastern time zone
2: eastern time zone yeah you can it. now hear us 3 to 5 p.m on the eastern time zone just go to armsroomradio.com that's armsroomradio.com and follow the links it's uh, it's on the page there about halfway it's on, on the home page they'll find it oh, wait, kevin where's kevin going where's it, kevin what? what uh, Ke- clung. oh all right well kevin's got a client phone call evidently and is leaving the room kevin uh thank you um <laughs>
5: And that, that, that's just uh, an example of the maximum effort you
2: get from, with from, Max Law Orlando. Let me, hold on now, because we were going to talk about, Kevin had a story for us for the intro here, so, so now it's time to uh, <laughs> Uh-oh, uh-oh, here we're, we're and, tap dancing, and we're and tap this. dancing. Uh, I, you know what, here's one that we were going to talk about a little bit later in the program. i tell you, we, had, we got some that we're going to talk about, this one we we're going to, uh, we'll bring this one up now. Have you seen Earl? This one makes me cry okay in Massachusetts there are it's the Lawrence Police Department in Massachusetts the Lawrence Police Department in Massachusetts they are going to be disposing of and destroying 400 firearms as that were formerly evidence and they're now in closed cases
5: what just man that's that's money they're throwing away they could they could legally put those back out on the market and that's money that they could go back into their budget. What is it? Uh, St. Louis. It, they had a, I think they were actually police equipment. Yep. That they were some Thompson machine guns from the 20s and yeah. 30s. Yeah. They hadn't used since the 60s. Yep. And they're selling them for like, what was this, like $30,000 yeah, a piece? Yeah,
2: original transferable machine guns. That's some money that's guns. going right back into their budget. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about this before. I believe we talked about this in the past. Out of Atlanta, with uh, with a good friend Jerry Henry up there from uh, from Georgia, carry. Uh, you know, this is 400. You know, uh, firearms. Let's again, let's go. Uh, you know, some are great, some are garbage. Let's call them 200 dollars a piece. Yeah, maybe yeah. they they get in trade. So so what's that? That's uh, eighty thousand dollars. eighty thousand dollars. Eighty thousand yeah.
5: dollars. That I mean, what? That's what easily. Two new police cruisers. Yeah. Uh, how many bulletproof vests for the officers? You know, it, that that's $80,000 back into the police budget to use however they want. Uh, as we like to
2: say, easy peasy. Exactly. Listen, I, I don't care. It, it, you know what? You don't, want to, you don't want them to be bought legally in Massachusetts, which is, by the way, folks, that's what we're talking about. These guns go back to a licensed dealer. Yes. The dealer then repairs them, inspects them, cleans them, does whatever he has to do, and then they sell them. Through their, reg, their, their yeah. federal firearms license, and they sell them legally. You know, background yeah. checks or yeah. transfer exactly. to other dealers. Exactly. Let's say you don't. Let's say you don't want them. You know what? That's uh, there's too many guns in Massachusetts, so we're going to ship them to Texas.
5: Uh, hey, Mike, uh, yeah. I, I run an FFL yeah. out of state. Yep, I'll be glad to take care of that for them.
2: Ship them to Florida. ship them to florida and uh you know we'll sell them legally down here and they can end up in the good freedom loving constitution loving (laughs) second amendment supporting hands of true patriots yeah exactly come in and pass background checks but you know what that's uh that's that's not what uh not what the, the the people of lawrence excuse me not the the people of lawrence the politicians of lawrence massachusetts want so that's 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 a that's a little heartache. Uh, that's a little heartache.
5: Yeah, and that's that's just knowing you know 400 firearms. Who knows if we look down the list of how many collectible classics oh, yeah. could be yeah. getting destroyed.
2: Listen, we're talking about the Massachusetts criminal justice system. Yeah. The cases could be going on for 40 years. Yeah. <laughs>
5: yeah, that could be some very old, very historical, you
2: know, like some, I said, classics. Some unfired 1911s from <sighs>
5: 1911. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to think about that. Listen, Springfield is right there.
2: No, no, <laughs> you know? no, you're making it worse. <laughs> I don't want to think uh, about the possibilities. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, um hey, one other um uh, quick uh, story we won't we won't be able to get into too in depth. I just wanted to mention it on here, get your get your opinion, let everybody know about there, get Earl's opinion here. In Mississippi, has now has now joined the states of Utah, and Oklahoma, in another interesting legal ruling. Uh, another, What's another, that? another administrative rule, another, another, another something that has decided and Mississippi has joined Utah and Oklahoma. And I'll see if, uh, see if you can get it. And I will say that it's, um, it is also firearm related.
5: Uh, okay. And being as you haven't given me any information nothing, on this ahead at of time, nothing I'm going to wild guess and say constitutional carry.
2: Oh my God. That is not it, but, but, but that's, but that's a good <laughs> guess. That's a good guess. Um, With a stroke of his pen, Mississippi Governor Phil Bryant legalized Death by Firing Squad in early April to little fanfare. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs)
5: yeah, You're right. That's firearms
2: related. That is firearms related. So now now it's uh, it's Mississippi, Utah, and Oklahoma. If you're on death row and want to see the Second Amendment exercised one last time, (laughs) you could choose Firearms, Death by Firing Squad.
5: Is is it morbid of me to wonder what caliber they use?
2: Oh, you know... um, I don't know. I, there's probably studies. They probably do the military standard, the 308. You know, the, they put 15 guys on the line with rifles. Five of them get blanks. Ten of them get live rounds. That way, uh, nobody ever has to feel the full guilt of, I was the one that killed them.
5: They, yeah, they, always, they could always have the doubt that. in their
2: mind, I had a blank kind of thing. That's the that's that standard there, but uh, old school stuff there. Old school, old school piece of trivia.
5: Yeah, I kind of remember that. And here, What was it? It was like a five-man firing squad and only one of them. Had live round, ra- a live I, I, round. I think, yeah,
2: I think it was. A, I think it's a lot more have live ammo, so they don't. Uh, so there is no suffering on the bad guys' part.
5: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, make, they, make make sure, they
2: make sure he takes a full chest full of lead. Um, folks, we got a great program uh, coming up for you. We've got Dr. John Dean from Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership Dr. Be joining John. us with some uh, some uh, legislative updates and some some hospital news. Uh, we have Craig DeLuz from the Firearms Policy Coalition giving us uh, what's going on behind the West Coast Wall out there. And, and then, of course, we have uh, Major Bill. Major Bill will be joining us later in the program, and uh, always look forward to his uh, insightful take on uh, issues. And uh, I believe we've got one last uh, one last uh, interview from the NRA. Show that'll be uh, we finally uh, have got it ready to air ready for production with some with some product review so so stick around cool. uh, listen to us there uh, we'll be back after the break until then remember you uh, we're coming to you live from the Keltech studios and we'll see you in a few.
7: Get ready. Stay ready with the Cert Training Pistol. Go online right now to next leveltraining.com slash armsroom.
1: Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of Gun Tech USA. Gun Tech. A family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR15, AR10, and AK47 style rifles. For nearly 3 decades, GunTech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, handguards, iron sights, and more. Check online at guntechusa.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done,
8: 425-454-7012. That's
3: 425-454-7012. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Caltech Studios. If you want to talk to the guys, go to armsroomradio.com and find out how. Arms Room Radio is on the air live, coast to coast. Now, here's Mike. The following segment is brought to you by Next Level Training. Check out Next Level
2: Training and the CERT SIRT, SIRT Training Pistol at nextleveltraining.com. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Caltech Studios, and welcome to the Next Level Training segment of the show. Hey, be sure to check out our friends at nextleveltraining.com, that's nextleveltraining.com, and get your very own Cert Sirt, S-I-R-T training pistol. You can choose from the 110 Glock lookalike, the 107 Smith & Wesson M&P style, and now the new pocket pistol. Don't have time to get your reps in? This is how you get time to get your reps in. That's nextleveltraining.com, and tell them Arms Room Radio sent you. I like that. All right. That works out yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Those are fun. I got, got our nice little uh, nice little matching commercial and everything that, uh, oh, yeah. that goes we're, with that. Oh, yeah. We're getting that, uh, fancy. Yeah. 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 It's, fancy. it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh-oh. I got they're, one of those. Hey, wait, oh, we got. Hold on. We got somebody on the line. Yeah. Here. It sounds like somebody on the line wants to talk about one yeah. of these. Uh, we've got. Uh, please welcome back to the program. We have Dr. John Adine from Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership, and he's also the Chief Surgeon of Arms Room Radio.
4: Hey, well, it's good to be
2: with you guys, Doctor John. Please, welcome back to the program. Uh, it's always great to have you on. And and, and you know what, Earl, we've uh, we're we're pushing Doctor John today. We got we we got uh, we got him playing. Uh uh, politician john today a legislative update john today also <laughs> as opposed to dr john he, he's a
5: man who wears many hats he does he
2: does just not all in surgery because you don't want them falling off no yeah. no 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 yeah we don't want them getting all
9: sweaty and nasty either <laughs> um uh,
2: doctor uh tell us what's going on um you know it's been a, it's been a couple of weeks since we had you back uh, on the program, and. Um, I know, I know one of the things that we wanted to jump in with is you had a couple of legislative updates there out of Texas. We wanted to jump on first, and then we'll get into I'm sure DRGO and uh, a couple other events that we can talk about.
9: Sure. Well, you know the uh, Texas legislature meets every other year from from January to the end of May, so they got to get all their business in in five months. Okay. Every other year.
2: Yeah, they only every meet every year, other year. Yeah.
9: Right. So in a way, that's kind of good because they can't pass too much crap to dump on us. (laughs) However, when we're trying to undo crap, it makes it a little bit more difficult. And so that's that's where we're at. So we did manage to undo some some things. The first thing uh, actually isn't with firearms, but it's actually a knife bill that was passed. And and so we eliminated um, illegal knives. OK. And that was HB 1935. And essentially what it does is it's taken taken the term illegal knife out of the law. The The only place that we kind of had to compromise, I guess, was a knife five and a half inches long cannot be carried in certain places like hospitals and schools and nursing homes and things like that, churches. But otherwise, now knives can be carried anywhere in the state. Yeah, I guess, I,
2: if you I, guess me- I get that because a knife five inches or over, Five and a half inches over—that's more of a, in my mind, like a fixed blade, uh, you know, like a bayonet or a Bowie knife or something. That's knife. Yeah, it's, it's like an outdoorsy knife. knife you know? Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, I mean, right.
4: in Texas, it is a Bowie
9: knife. I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly yeah. what they're thinking of.
5: Yeah. A, a five um, and a half inch blade folding knife—that's going to fill up a pocket really quick. That's a big really knife. That's a big knife. Yeah. Yeah.
9: It's a big knife, and I think I think it's mostly really fixed blade knives that they're talking about. Um, and really so. You know, OK, we can give him that one at this stage of the game. Uh, of course, you know, we're still disarmed in hospitals. And uh, that, that's that's something that uh, that didn't go anywhere this year. There was a bill for that. There was also a bill that didn't go anywhere, which was kind of an interesting bill. And that was uh, allowing concealed carry holders to, to carry anywhere police officers can carry.
5: Mm-hmm. Sounds and good that, to me. Yeah,
9: yeah that was zero, though. That didn't go anywhere.
5: Yeah, that, figures. That,
9: that got stopped. Okay, so. So, again, you know, this is the difficulty of getting laws passed in the state of Texas. The other thing that they did that was pretty good was they passed a law where they reduced the fee for the license to carry from one hundred and forty dollars for a new license to forty dollars. And so that's pretty good. I think renewals are about the same. So they're they're not not as expensive being a veteran. Uh, before this law passed, I I, pay, I only paid seventy five dollars for every five years okay. for renewal, so that wasn't too horrible. Right, um, but, but but they brought the cost down, and, and I think that's fine. You know, I think that's good because let's face it, all these gun control laws are are, are basically to disarm those people, those people that we don't want to have guns that, you know, and, and it's the racist roots of, of gun control. Right, and these are laws that uh, you know discriminate against poor and the inner city people um, you know John Lott talks about this all the time that, that the gun control schemes are, are you know and, and the licensing and the, and the, the fees and all that kind of stuff price a lot of poor people out of the market and so they can't afford to, to get their license to carry and they can't afford to get their say in some states you know their their firearms ID card and go through all the rigmarole that it takes. And so it uh, it disarms them. And so they're left vulnerable.
2: It's a it's a it's akin to a poll tax. You know, it's how how do we keep the people? How do we keep the poor? How do we keep the minorities away from uh, doing the things that we don't want them to do? Well, let's just make it unaffordable for them, you know, like voting or exercising your Second Amendment right. And John, I'll ask you why we got you here. uh, Are there any other rights in, uh, you know, under the Constitution that you have to pay to have in uh, in Texas there?
9: Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think we have any poll taxes. Right. Let's see. We don't have a tax to, to speak. Uh, we don't have a tax to go to church. So, no, I think this is the only one, really. That's,
2: that's I think pretty it, much it. Pretty that, much that, it. That
9: I can think of anyway offhand. I may be wrong, but, you know, <laughs> hey. You know, and uh, so then, so moving on, there is another uh, good bill that, that got passed, and and that was one that's kind of – in anticipation of passage of the um, NFA, N- you know, the suppressor act.
2: Correct. Yeah, the Hearing Protection uh, and, Act. Yeah.
9: Right. The Hearing Protection Act, uh, and that um, it's it's making it legal to own all these things without an NFA N- approval. Gotcha. So you know, short barrel, you know, short barrel rifles, and they also, you know, recently they come up with these uh, short shotguns with the uh, bird's head grip on them and like there's a Mossberg yes. and there's a, yeah. you know, yeah. there's a, uh, a, Remington, but we also made sure that there was, there was, um, verbiage in the law that makes those legal as well. And so those, those will be uh, absolutely legal in Texas. And I've shot one of those, actually one, one of my, uh, uh, friends who's an instructor, uh, for, um, Swarz as as International, who they makes their own version of that. He had one, and we were able to shoot that. And it's kind of an interesting uh, gun. It's not, it's not as horrible as you think it is. You know, shooting a, a 12 gauge with a bird's head. Nice. Um, it's not like a pistol grip. It's a, it's very different. Um, so you know, it's it's kind of an interesting interesting thing. So that, that's a good thing that we got, uh, you know, passed
4: through.
2: Well, that's nice. uh, so also, so Texas is pretty go good with uh, being proactive about. Well listen this law is on the horizon. We don't want to you don't want to have lag time on the back end when the when it's legal federally, you don't want to still be sitting there statewide going well we can't do it. At least this way it takes the, it takes those restrictions away right. now.
9: And we have to wait for 2 years for the next session to to, to kick in. So that's the other thing, you know. So they right. they're trying to be preemptive so if it if it gets passed within the next 2 years, well then we're already ready to go. We're good to go.
10: Right. So
9: mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other things that, that they passed this year was uh, Senate Bill 263, which makes it uh, so that you can sh- use uh, calibers less than 32 calibers to take your license to carry test. So you can shoot a 22 or a 25 caliber gun now rather than, you know, needing a 32 or, or greater.
2: Um, Wait a second. Yeah, now. Hold so- on. What is this? What is this test you speak of? You have to take a test to exercise. your right. That sounds like another poll tax. <laughs> oh well, it,
9: well, it is. It's part of the license to carry that you have to actually pay somebody to give you a four hour course.
2: Right, right. Yeah, and and that
9: was less That was lessened The last session, it used to be, I think, if it was eight or six. It was a long. It was a couple days course that you had to take and do the shooting proficiency test. And that's what they we're talking about. The shooting proficiency test which is a B-27 target, which is, you know, right. Shaquille O'Neal-sized yeah. person. Exactly. Or my with, size person. With maybe. the hand
2: on the hip, all of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know the target. Exactly. The, target yeah, well. the, it's the stereotypical a big silhouette. Yeah.
9: yeah, and and most of the shots are within seven yards. So, right. I mean, you, you, it's not very hard to pass the test.
2: John, can um, you uh, hang we'll out look. with us for another segment? We're, we're coming up on a break. Let me let uh, let me let me do this. Sure. In the... I want to talk to you some more. We've got some other stuff. I think we got some stuff from last week. Uh, Earl's just uh, nudging me. We want to follow up with you on see if you if you uh, had any opinions on this, and maybe we could go into that a little more in depth uh, with hospitals. Uh, obviously, uh, being okay. a doctor, you're probably familiar with hospitals. So, uh, so stick around, folks. Uh, we've got uh, Doctor John Adine coming back with us when we get back from the break. You're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Keltek Studios. We'll see you in a few. Mike, and I'm a satisfied client.
1: accessorize it with the latest gear from GunTech USA. Family-owned and operated GunTech USA manufactures tactical accessories for AR-15 and AR-308 platform-style rifles. For nearly three decades, GunTech USA has been producing the finest quality accessories for American Shooting Sports' favorite rifles. Choose GunTech USA for pistol grips, flash hiders, tactical scope mounts, slings, compensators, iron sights, and more. Keep your AR rifle cool under fire with GunTech USA's new free-floating handguards. To locate a dealer near you or to check out their vast selection of parts, accessories, and GunTech swag. Visit GUNTECUSA.com. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or have it done, make your tactical rifle tactic cool. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech USA, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment, the National Rifle Association, and the Wounded Warrior Project. Online at GUNTECUSA.com. GunTech USA, defining
0: tactical excellence for 27 years and counting.
3: you're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the kel Studios. If you want to talk to the guys, go to armsroomradio.com and find out how. Arms Room Radio is on the air live, coast to coast. Now, here's Kevin.
11: This segment of Arms Room Radio is brought to you by Gun Tech USA, for tactical excellence, check them out online at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A dot com.
2: Welcome back to the program. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. Hey, on the line with us, we have Dr. John Dean from Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership. That's drgo.us. That's drgo.us. And when we left off last segment, we were talking about uh, requirements to get the firearms in, uh, to get your license in Texas and, and the updates that have come, uh, come to that. And then, John, that's where I cut you off because we had to go to the commercial.
9: All right, well, the, the next thing that uh, was uh, something interesting that they did is uh, allowing the classroom portion of the license-to-carry class to be done online. So now you may be, you're going to be able to do your uh, classroom portion online, and then you just have to do that shooting part uh, with an instructor. So that makes things a little bit easier. That facilitates things.
2: John, I'm curious. Um I know from some of the states. I don't, I don't have a Texas license. I've got from uh, from a couple other other states. What I see from a lot of them is when you do your course of instruction, if you've never had any firearms training before, you have to come and do the state's concealed weapons instruction. And in a lot of the states I see, it's if you're a veteran with a you know with an honorable discharge, if you're a former law enforcement officer, if you've taken you know the 80-hour security officer block or whatever it is, they exempt you from that. All you have to do is uh, show the paperwork. Is that similar in Texas, or does Texas do that a different way? In
9: fact, that same. C- Bill, we were talking about that's part of it. Was it exempts active military personnel and veterans who have received firearms instruction as part of their service within the last ten years be exempt from the range instruction portion of the of the of the class. So so yeah, so that that happens here as well. So now that's you know, the range. So they're portion. trying to streamline. Yeah, the range part. Yeah, you, you're exempt from the range part if you if you're you know active duty. Uh, military or have uh, had firearms training in the last 10 years in the military. And that
2: makes sense. You know, listen, you've, you've got the, the firearms registration. Sure. What What we see a lot of places is, like in, uh, again, we'll just use a, a Florida for for an instance. Florida doesn't have that large uh, shoot-a-firearm. Uh, you have to show proficiency, and they define that as pulling the trigger on one live round. Now, they don't care if it's into the ground or into it, a bucket of sand at the convention center during the gun show. That's okay for them, evidently, even though it's incredibly uh, unsafe. But that's the state, and the, the you know how it is, the people that Make the gun laws. Don't understand the guns, but we always say, "Listen, um, come audit the class. Come audit the cl-. even if you have the waiver if, because you were military. Audit the class because the class is mostly f- the law and when you can and when you can't shoot." You know, and they do the same thing for if you have an NRA hunter certificate, you don't have to take the classroom portion, which is really strange because, again, you know how to shoot that deer and what days of the week you can shoot it on or what kind of deer you can shoot, but you are exempt from now having to take the law to get your concealed weapons permit.
5: That's, That's what I tell a lot of the veterans that come into the shop here is Uncle Sam taught you how to shoot, but he didn't teach you anything about Florida law, so I still recommend taking a class somewhere if you can.
9: Yeah. Oh, that makes perfect sense to me. You know, I mean, I think that knowledge is important to know where and when you can carry and when you when you should and shouldn't use the gun. And even that is inadequate. Four hours in Texas of training is not enough as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you and I probably both agree that uh, we all need additional training beyond the, the concealed carry classes and things like that. Well,
2: John, yeah, I know we've talked about this at length before, you know, offline, where I, I'm, a, I'm a training guy, like you are. Listen, you've got some training coming up this weekend. You're going to be doing some awesome training. Um, I, I've obviously we're in, you know, big into the training with a, you know military law enforcement background, civilian side. I know Earl you know sits here and we, we do it together. Yet I'm always troubled when I you know cross it over with the Second Amendment and it, it, I don't see where the training requirement is in the Second Amendment. But I know you have to have a balance. But the constitutionalist in me says, okay, you know what, you're not a convicted felon. Here's your firearm. And but my only comfort in that is like you just mentioned when you get the firearm you realize you just you know it's the old Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility yeah, exactly. when you get the gun exactly. you start taking more training we saw that in the states that went to you know constitutional carry the instructors thought well there goes my business i'm never going to be able to teach anybody again and all the classes are continually full because people now that have the responsibility want to get the training right uh, but sorry that's just just a little sidebar i know we've talked about that uh, ad nauseum and while Mike's
5: on the sidebar, Doctor John, I want to get your uh, input on uh, one of the bills in uh, Kansas where they they they're continuing to exempt uh, public hospitals from allowing uh, concealed carry. Uh, have you heard on that? You know, what, what's your input?
9: Yeah, I, I heard. It. In fact, I listened to. Of course, I listened to the show from last week on when it came out on Tuesday night.
5: Hey, we're up um, to 16 listeners 16, now. Very
2: 16.
9: Yeah, there you go. Hey. And one in Texas. How do you like that?
2: All right. Yeah.
9: But but anyway, you know, the, the fact that hospitals are exempt from concealed carry, to me, just makes them, puts a big bullseye on them. Just like schools. You know, the, the bad guys, the criminals, the crazy people, the terrorists, They they're smart. They plan things out. They are meticulous. They pick places where they're not going to have resistance, and hospitals are already violent enough. Okay, I wrote an article a few years back talking about you know how hospitals, like I think ten percent workplace violence happens in hospitals, according to OSHA, somewhere around ten to twelve percent. I can't remember the exact number, but it's a pretty significant number when you look at all the workplaces there are around. And why is that? It's because you have crazy people or sick people or people who are not in their right mind who are under a lot of stress, they feel that it's okay to, to punch a nurse or to swing it at, at uh, a technician or, you know, act out. I mean, we had that incident uh, about a month ago in Illinois, where a nurse was taken hostage by a, uh, by a, a prisoner who took the, uh, the, the sheriff or the deputy's gun right and held, held her at gunpoint and actually ended up raping her. That didn't come out initially, but we finally heard later on that that's what happened. Right. He raped her, you know, and and the security guards ran the other way, and the cop ran the other way. Yeah. You know?
2: So, you know, I mean, you know this why they ran a the perfect, other perfect way? argument. John, you know why they, they ran the other way? The guy had a gun. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. The guy had the gun, and they didn't. Yeah, exactly. He took the gun from the exactly cop, right. and the security guards didn't have guns.
9: That's right. So— um, so, so this is not security as far as I'm concerned. A security guard without a gun is not security. It's it's a safety monitor.
4: Remember that
9: <laughs> yeah. TV commercial?
2: Yeah, yeah. that's it. Oh,
9: I'm, not a, I'm, not a, I'm not a security guard. I'm a, safe, a safety monitor. Yep. My job is to tell you if we're getting robbed. We're getting
2: robbed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so let me, let me ask on that Kansas law, because they made a point in there, and, and, and I'm paraphrasing it, but the the administrators and the uh, the liberal, the, the, the pro-gun control crowd said, if they have these guns in the hospital, they won't be able to get a qualified staff that want to work there.
9: Well, they may be able to get the right kind of quali- qualified staff, people like me.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
9: okay. I, I certainly consider myself qualified staff, and I would be very happy to work in a hospital that allows concealed carry. In fact, you know, I would push for training, and the concealed carry people that work there – to be trained like in the FASTER program in Ohio and now in Colorado. Yeah. I mean, the, the, that's the kind of stuff that, that's the model that we need to follow as far as I'm concerned, you know, so that we get not only trauma first aid training, and even in, you know, medical centers, people are not trained in trauma first aid. Now, the ER doctors are, and the, you know, some of the surgeon, trauma surgeons, and the general surgeons, and orthopedic surgeons, and, you know, ENT guys do airway stuff. They're trained in trauma, right? But but not everybody is, and you know those nice tourniquets aren't located all over the place. <laughs> you know, I carry one on my ankle or I carry one in my bag, but um, you know they're not in stations along the hallways. or, you know,
4: right? You,
9: you may be able to get a blood pressure cuff and use that as a pneumatic tourniquet, and we use those in the operating room, something like that, right? But. You know, they, you know it, wouldn't it be nice to have the equipment pre-staged on, on each floor and, and, on you know, to have in case something did happen? I mean, they have crash carts all over the place, but they don't have the targets for, for bleeding. And, you know, so, I mean, it's it's an expense, but it's something that we need to
2: look at. Yeah, lack, lack of foresight, lack of foresight. You know, we 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 say it all the time. Why don't they offer, uh, you know, uh, the, the the veterans or the the former law enforcement the opportunity to take some training and be able to at least carry conceal inside there to, to make people feel better. But uh, you know, that's that's just me. That's just one man's opinion. Um, yeah, John, we have we've run up against the clock once again. Uh, you know, love love having you on the program. Uh, I hope you could join us back soon. Um, how could people stay in touch with you? How could people see what you're doing?
9: Yeah, I'm at uh, drgo.us. And uh, you can also find us on Facebook at Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership. And also, I think, on Twitter, Twitter, uh, which is, I think, DRGO SAF, if I'm not mistaken. So, but you can get a hold of me. Just go go through the website at DRGO. Um,
2: Dr. John, thank you for joining us once again.
9: Keep your scalpels and your knives sharp and your mind sharper.
2: If you're listening to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the kel Studios. We'll see you in a few.
1: a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR15, AR10, and AK47 style rifles. For nearly 3 decades, GunTech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, handguards, iron sights, and more. Check online at guntechusa.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done,
3: Now more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys and the Celtech Studios. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. We're coming to you live from the mobile
2: Celtec Studios in Atlanta NRA 2017. No, it's NRA Atlanta 2017. Order. I get the order right. Or or the hundred
10: and forty sixth meeting and exhibition.
2: Yes, of the National Rifle Association. There we go. We got it. We got it. You got it. Um, listen, we we've, we've been walking around, we've been doing some product reviews and, and we and we found one person that we were like, you know what? We got her on the air. We gotta get her on the air. I like what she's doing, we gotta have we have to have a talk. i will introduce you to Leslie Dietz. Leslie is the founder and CEO of Concealed Carry. Now that's Carrie C A R R I E. Correct. Uh and like
12: Sex in the City, Carry. Ex-
2: there you go. Uh, <laughs> and, and what you do is you do high end concealment on Options for women.
12: That's exactly right.
2: Okay, I want to talk to you about those. I want to talk to you about selling guns to women because we sell some guns too, and I think we know how to do it, but we're probably doing it all wrong. So we're gonna we're going to talk about that also. This but. is gonna be a chance for you to give us. Yeah. opportunity to learn. To learn us right. To learn I, us right. I
12: will do my best.
2: Uh, so tell me, tell me about Concealed Carry. Tell me about the, the kind of high-end uh, options you've got available, or just the options available for women.
12: Well, um, I started Concealed Carry 2013 was my first calendar year. We opened, my family owns a gun range just north of Atlanta, called okay. Sharpshooters USA. We built okay. it from yep. the ground up and opened its doors in 2011. I started Concealed Carry because I couldn't find fashionable concealed carry options for women to put in my own facility. Everything was tactical or tacky and cheap So I walked into my own closet And I thought, why can't it look like Coach? Why can't it look like Michael Kors? Why can't it be a designer handbag that's designed with a purpose?
2: Right for sure. What, what kind of things did you do? What, what was the first? What was the first one you designed?
12: Uh, our age brown satchel, uh, which is what our bestseller is. It looks like a coach bag. It's uh, all of all of our products can be found on our website, of course. Okay. And we sell direct to consumer. We are in over 200 retail stores, and we also sell. Well, we used to sell through Gander, which is now. Not going to be an issue anymore. Yeah, right, right. Uh, an opportunity anymore, uh, but we do have some wholesalers too that we work with.
2: What's the website? Let's get that. Of, out of course, yourself. yes.
12: We'll uh, so con- we'll uh, Ww uh, concealed carry, like you said, C A R R I E dot com and all of our products have video posted too so if you see something you like click on it and the video will show you all the different design components
2: what's pricing you know what, what can you conceal uh, let's i guess we should go pricing what, what's your price ranges for for these items
12: right we start around a hundred dollars and we go all the way up to 350 for our new men's concealed carry spelled c-a-r-y
2: okay like okay. carrie grant gotcha briefcase oh, got and
12: uh, tab, uh, padded tablet easel
2: besides pot Excuse me, purse. I was going to say purse and coach at the same time, and it came out poach. <laughs> like we, we do Yeah, we don't have any poaching options, so just so, just so you know. Um, besides. Michael Vuitton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, besides the purses, mm-hmm. what other method, what other items do you have for women to conceal?
12: Sure, sure. Well, in our store, of course, we have all the pink pepper sprays that people carry. I've even designed holsters to fit those to go in our products. So if you don't want to carry a pistol and you want to be protected, you can carry a taser or a pepper spray and use one of our products for that as well. In the store we have the pepper sprays, um, of course we have the pink handguns. We have uh, some of the things that help uh, adapt women to the sporting industry. Uh, we've got the literature uh, from people like Gabby Franco. Oh she, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah she, She's yeah. come from, to our uh, range from, before. From Top
2: Shot and yeah, 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 and yeah. Natalie
12: Foster's come by right. a few times. We have a whole area dedicated specifically to women in our store.
2: Okay. Do you do?
11: on-site training exclusively for women
12: we do we uh we have a a variety of courses that you can take there at the range we suggest all everybody take a course uh, you know to get familiar with a a pistol a firearm before they purchase one Uh, we are seeing an influx of women coming to our facility They start generally with the introduction to handgun safety course. That gets them in the classroom with one of our instructors. They learn how to handle a firearm. They learn how to keep your finger off the trigger. You'd be amazed at how many people, the first thing they do with a blue gun is put their finger on the trigger and pick it up off of the table. Right, right. Uh, So that gets them in the classroom for about an hour or so. Then they go out on the range with one of our instructors, and they, um, you know, Try it before they buy it. We let them try several different options for pistols. A a woman especially, I think, uh, needs to be able to shoot a pistol first and figure out the one that's right for her. Most um, husbands try to purchase for their wives, and it's usually the wrong gun.
2: Yeah, we, we say all the time, and you now tell us because we you know we because we do some gun sales. Try it on. That's what you want, mm-hmm. we want them to do. Try it on. It's you know, yep. like if it's a, whether it's cars or clothes, you, you try it on and see if it fits. Sure. So it's the same thing with the handguns. Right. Yeah,
11: I, I just got a text from my oldest daughter. I gave her a Walther PPKS, and uh, she just called me and said, uh, it hurts my hand. She just got back from the range, hurts my hand. So I'll be getting her something else soon. I think I'm just going to send her to your place and let her pick you up. You
12: should. Let her uh, get out there and tr- we have. Um I think we have like over 200 different pistols, or pistols and long guns that they can try out. You can even shoot up to a 50 BMG at our range.
11: I don't want her to carry now, a Now that's BMG. it's a little <laughs> heavy,
12: um, not and for it sticks her. out of the she, side of the purse. It doesn't fit no, well.
2: She'll just keep it in her car. Know, listen, I've, I've got a 16-inch uh, 50 BMG rifle. Yeah. I, I know, Mr. Thank you, Mr. Serbu.
11: Thank I, I, you, thank
2: know. you, thank you. It's, it's a it's, it's a great home defense weapon.
11: Yeah, because you can swing it inside the truck. Yes,
2: that's exactly right. It's not right,
11: that's not right. <laughs> yeah. on so many levels. That's just not right. Are female shooters or, or entry shooters a big part of what you see coming through your store?
12: I think the last number I saw on a national level um, was one out of three first-time gun purchases is made by a woman now. So that's a huge demographic, and it's increasing it's all the time. It's a third. It's yeah, a it's third. A, it's a
11: third of the new market. Exactly. Did you do the math
12: by
10: yourself right there? Did you do, <laughs> <Yeah>. you do <laughs> it by yourself, you didn't I didn't
11: think, you think, to she to think she was testing me because she was looking at me when she said it like, do you know what that means? <laughs> <laughs> what
12: that
10: means? You know what I'm impressed is Kevin didn't have
11: to use his fingers. As <laughs> <laughs> as no, no, I had somebody whispering in my ear, it's a third. It's a third.
12: <laughs> and it's not all things pink, although I do have a pink uh, Walther PK 380. Oh, absolutely. Um,
2: Some of it's Tiffany.
12: <laughs> yes. Now, I've seen <laughs> Tiffany blue. I've seen the purple. Yep you have a purple pistol. Um, yeah, we, we,
2: we get that we, we get that a lot. We'll, we'll when they first come available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, in the past couple of years, you know, it was obviously the the man's decision. Well, we want to get women involved in shooting, what do we do? Let's make pink guns. And so we ordered a bunch of the pink guns. And, and they the, didn't women, go anywhere. Yeah, the women were like, I don't want I want a I gun. Want I don't pink. want not want a toy, you know. And we're like, All right, we are like, I already messed that one up. When you're trying to sell to a woman? What's the what's the uh, you know with with the gun? What what do you run into as far as obviously try on size right. for for guns but revolvers uh, semi-autos uh, you know you know how, how do you do it
12: well if she's coming to, to try on try some pistols on right. so to speak right. All right. you come in you check in a lot of men what i have found think what women want to do is to just point and shoot so they, they gear them towards right. a revolver. Okay. A revolver has yeah, more that's, kick. That's
2: men thinking. Men right. thinking. Oh, let's get her something simple. That's men's thinking. Yeah.
12: yeah. A, a revolver, as you know, has a lot of kick. A lot. Uh, right. A lot of time. There's a lot of flash and a lot of bang. Right. I find that more women are going towards the semi-automatics now. It's a smoother, easier uh, shooting pistol. Right. Generally speaking, right. once you get used to working a slide. Or in my case, I think the first time I loaded uh, my magazine, I did it backwards.
4: Um, so once yeah. you
12: once you learn the logistics, I, 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 yeah, it didn't work though yeah, very didn't, well didn't that work, way. Yeah. And the boys got a big kick out of that; they <laughs> thought it was hysterical. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but once once you learn the logistics of it, uh, and you get out on the range and you find the right solution for you, I do see that more women are are shooting heavier 9 millimeters. Uh, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of 45s, but I have seen some. Um, we like something that's compact, that's comfortable to shoot, and we'll do the job.
2: That's it. Well,
12: And, and we'll stop the threat, not just... Piss it
2: off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's that's a big deal, you yeah, know, because we do see that a lot. Mm-hmm. We, we we get from um, people that have never shot before, and, and and from women. I I want I'm looking for a 22. Yeah. Well, what do you want it for? For defense? Eh, it's not what you're looking for. Yeah. That's not what you're looking for. It's yeah. just going
12: to slow someone down. Yeah, it's yeah, not going to stop the
2: threat. Uh, this is somebody has told them, oh, it's too big, it's too h- to handle. They've watched too many movies, too many TV, and and that's the at least we've gotten over that education part, you know. Right. And, right. And, but it, but it is it it's the it's the learning them when they come through the door.
12: So. And what I've also seen out on the range with the men when they're out on the range, oh, they're shooting headshots. They're, you know, one after, and they're trying to, from from a woman's perspective, what we usually teach, center mass.
2: That's it. All day long. It's the
12: biggest, easiest place to hit on a target. Learn how to hit center mass, and you can't go wrong.
2: Leslie, thank you for joining us. That's Concealed Carry. C A R R I E C A R R I E dot com to see all the the high end concealment options for the women. Or if you're up in the you know the Roswell area, stop in Sharpshooters and yeah, take a look. We'd love to have you.
12: Sharpshooters USA. We're located on Alfreda Highway, right between Mansell and Hembray.
2: All right, folks, that's, uh, that's the end of the first hour here. I appreciate uh, everybody sticking around. We got more coming to you from the uh, NRA show. The what number is it? The 146.
6: 146, 146 meeting and meeting. exhibition.
2: Exhibition. There we go. So listen, until we see you next hour. Please, please exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly.
11: If you aren't ready, get ready. And if you are ready, stay ready. Remember, keep your head on a swivel.
2: All my brothers and sisters, stay safe out there. Check your
9: six.
6: The word bullpup. Maybe you'll be impressed with 11 innovations like our patented downward shell ejection. But in the one millionth of a second it takes for innovation to ignite performance, it'll make you a believer. The Caltech RDB, the bullpup done right. Innovation,
1: performance, Caltech. Veterans and first responders always receive 10% off.
2: Hi, this is Mike, and I'm a satisfied client Welcome back to Radio, coming to you live from the Keltech Studios. Hey, we promise to bring you all things gun, all the gun time. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks for joining us for the second hour. My name is Mike. I am the host, lead guitarist, and driver of the Winnebago. Hey, let me go around the room real quick. On my right, the right-hand man, the great, 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 great grandson of Daniel Boone. Please welcome him back. His name is Earl. Dr.
4: Corbry, approve memos, lead a workshop,
2: remember birthdays.
5: Yeah, good to be back. Good to be back. I guess that makes me the Navigesser.
2: Navigesser. You're Navigesser and the bass player, I think. Yeah, I ain't got the rhythm for the drums. I'll take the bass. Take the bass. All right, all right. right. On my left, the Illegal Ninja, the courtroom assassin. Please welcome him back on tambourine, Mr. Kevin Maxwell.
4: Boom-chap, (laughs) boom-chap, boom-chap.
11: I got rhythm. I got rhythm.
2: I can play the drums. (laughs) I play a mean radio. There you go. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Welcome back. Hey, let me uh, let me remind everybody again. You can catch us live on the internet, three to five p.m. on Saturdays. That's Eastern Standard Time. Just go to armsroomradio.com and follow the links. That's uh, middle of page, bottom of page, somewhere around the page, somewhere in there. So you can you could see us there and uh, and check us out. Uh, hey, Earl, how can the good peoples of Arms Room Radio Land get a hold of us? Everything is listed on
5: armsroomradio.com, but I can run it down for you real quick. Going uh, old school, they can send us uh, an email, radio at armsroom.com. You think that's old school? Yeah, by, so by today, Write us a letter. At, uh, by today's standards, <laughs> it is. Not your standards, send but today's. Me a telegraph.
4: <laughs>
2: <a> telegraph. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. What'd I say? You said. <laughs> uh,
5: he's thinking. He's thinking. I, message, I smell smoke.
11: Message to
5: follow. <laughs>
11: <laughs>
1: yeah. You can
5: send us a message on Facebook. Arm's Room Radio. You can send us a tweet on Twitter at Arm's Room Radio, and you can also send us a message through Instagram, again at Arm's Room Radio.
2: On the old Instagram, check us out on the Instagram. It's a it's a wonderful thing.
5: We're still figuring that one out. That one's the newest to us, but uh, we're 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 getting it.
2: Hey, on the line with us, we have a good friend of the program, uh, Mr. Craig Deleuze. Craig is with the Firearms Policy Coalition. That's Firearms Policy Coalition. You can track them at firearmspolicy.org, firearmspolicy.org. Uh, Craig, how are you doing today?
13: I- I'm doing fantastic. It's a sunny, beautiful day here in California.
2: Wow, that's that's uh, that's pretty much the norm, though, right? I mean, you guys got the sunshine all the time out there.
13: Well, yeah, the weather's generally pretty good, The politics aren't. But, oh, hey, the, you can't have it all, I guess.
2: Yeah, exactly. Listen, if we could have a, a, a talk about the good things in California, we'd be here an awful long time. But we're here to talk about uh, <laughs> the politics issues and the firearms issues. Um, um, what, uh, what do you bring us today from the, from the West Coast? What, what do we have going on out there? Well,
13: you know, for those of you who've been, who follow Breitbart, they just recently did an article. Uh, last week was the, uh, the House of Origin deadline here in California, and one of the interesting bills that came out of the state senate has to do with limiting one's ability to be able to purchase long guns. Uh, currently in the state of California, you're limited to uh, one handgun every 30 days. Uh, and now they want to expand that to include long guns. Um, you know, and the saddest part, or the craziest thing about it is, is the, the author uh, in each one of his speeches has said there is no, I see no reason why anyone would need to purchase more than one long gun a month. And the, the funniest part about the whole thing is, is, he doesn't even he doesn't even just say it; he just he has to read that. So um, anyway, so that that's uh, one of the interesting things. I'll, before I give you some of the details, I'll, I'll let you opine on your thoughts.
2: Well, this is, this is, um, you know, my, my brain's going in so many different directions. Uh, what part of, uh, you know, m- my rights to keep and bear arms being infringed, they shall not be infringed upon, does, does this not? This is this is clearly infringing. You know what, uh, we're going to let you have it, but we're going to limit how many you can have. Uh, you know, infringe is the first thing that comes to mind. I know Earl's staring at me.
5: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't say anything in there where, where you have to need one. Uh, how about I want one?
2: Well,
13: exactly. It's called the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs.
5: Um, exactly, you know, what, exactly.
13: One of the things that I point out, if we treated any other civil right the way in which we treat uh, the Second Amendment, if we said, well, you know what? We're, we're going to restrict you. We don't need more than one religion in this, in this country or in this state, or we don't need uh, – you don't need more than one book a month, or you don't need to attend a church more than once a month, or you don't need to – you know, uh, uh, protest or rally or write to a legislator or speak your mind more than once a month. I mean, we they would be livid if we put any sort of, of, of restriction like this on any other of the constitutional rights. But that's the thing. Is to them, the, the Second Amendment isn't a right. Well, it's a right, but it's not a right right, if you know what I mean. <laughs> right, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah that's, that's crazy. Yeah, what, what if it was... You can only report one story a month. You, you think the media would go crazy then, getting told what they could oh, do? You,
10: how about this
13: one? They, legislators were only were only able to carry one bill per legislative session.
5: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they wouldn't mind that because that means that they're going to have a their job is going to last much much longer than it does. Yeah, but you know how much
2: pork what? would be in that one bill? Oh man, that would be oh. so much. <laughs> <laughs>
13: Most definitely, but that's—I mean—but that's the sort of mentality that, that we're dealing with here in California, where uh, when it comes to when it comes to the Second Amendment, when it comes to firearms, no right is sacred. I mean, whether it's our private property rights, whether it's our due process rights, whether it's our free speech rights, all of them are under attack if it's tied to or related to the Second Amendment, uh, and and. That's just how they roll, and they feel fully and utterly justified in in those sorts of limitations.
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's exactly right. There's a noted in the article. What is it, uh, Senator Jim uh, Nielsen out there? from uh, from chico republican senator says you know what's what's the what's the point of this why are we why are we making more bills that's more of the same that will not decrease violent crime and let me just give you the couple that you go over with us all the time you've got your universal background checks firearms registration requirements gun confiscation laws 10-day waiting periods assault weapon ban good ca- good cause requirement for concealed carry and how many other gun control cura- or, or laws out there and and tell me where the difference is being made
13: well, it, it's not, and, and what they're starting to find out is you know, they, they'd like to say, well, we instituted all these gun laws, and we saw gun violence and violent crime go down. Well, then they started letting the criminals out, and all of a sudden, gun violence, violent crimes, and crime in general is going up, even though people are buying more guns. Hmm. Oh, by the way, that, during that whole time the crime was going down – People were also buying more guns. The the, the fact is, is, is that their their de facto uh, their belief that gun that that uh, gun restrictions are strict on our Second Amendment rights. Uh, they believe that's what decreased violent crime. And really, it was we started locking up criminals. Funny how that works.
2: Yeah, yeah, amazing. And um, we're we're coming up on a break here. You be able to stick around with us for a few more minutes? I'm looking forward to it. Okay, yeah, but before we get to that, let me let me leave you with this. This is this is something that just you just thought of. I've, you know, we've seen everything that's gone on in uh in in the UK over in, in London in the past uh you know, past this past week and the past couple weeks, and it's starting to happen there in California. You guys are actually starting to see the disarming of police officers. <laughs>
8: That's 425 454 7012.
3: You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Caltech studios. Got a question for the guys? You can call, tweet, email, or message them by going to armsroomradio.com. Now more arms room radio live coast to coast with Mike and the guys and the Caltech studios.
2: Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. We're coming to you live from the Celtech Studios. Hey, on the line with us, we're just gonna jump right back into this. We got, uh, we got, we got a guest we always enjoy talking to. It's Mr. Craig DeLuz. He is with the Firearms Policy Coalition. You can check them out at firearmspolicy.org. That's firearmspolicy.org. That's firearmspolicy.org. So we were talking with Craig before we went to the break about. The new waiting period in California: thirty days. Thirty days wait, Craig. Thirty days. By the way, you shouldn't want one more than one gun a month. No matter if you and your spouse or your kids all decide to get into target shooting or sports shooting, you guys just have to wait the whole, the whole, you know, six months to to get everybody a pistol or a gun. So that's or, or
13: even if you're even if you're looking at doing like a three gun competition. Oh, yeah. Well, now you got to wait. Now you, you got to wait the ninety days before you can before you can actually. Well, let me clarify. It'd be over a hundred because you still have a ten day waiting period on the last one. So if you want to get into a three gun competition, I mean, if you want to buy both of your kids a gun, I mean, it's stuff like that, that is that is just highly outrageous when it comes to uh, when it comes to this. And the fact is, they're still not there is no evidence that any of the any of these proposals, including this one, uh, will do anything to stop uh, gun violence or or violent crime.
2: Yeah, none, none whatsoever. None. In fact, the, the the empirical evidence goes in the opposite direction. You know, the more you disarm the civilian populace, uh, the, the more crime that occurs. The bad guys, like you said, the bad guys that start getting out of jail and seeing all the new gun laws, gun laws there, they know that not everybody's carrying a gun anymore. So, guess what? It's time to start committing those crimes again because we got sheep out there.
13: Exactly. P- predators seek uh, weak and uh, uh, unarmed prey.
2: Yep, exactly, exactly what we say here every time. Now, we, 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 we touched on it briefly before we went to the break. Law enforcement officers there now are seeing some of their rights uh, infringed upon when it comes to buying firearms.
13: Well, you know, the, big, the, the thing is, this, is, is that if you look at most of the restrictions that exist in the state of California, uh, the law enforcement community, when I say the community, I'm specifically speaking about the organization's uh, that represent law enforcement uh, and the departments, mostly city departments, hire them, uh, and, and even some of the sher- some of the sheriff's departments. So they kind of go 50-50, right. Have either been silent or actually supported uh, the uh, the restrictions on civilians' civil rights when it comes to to uh, the right to keep and bear arms, as long as they were exempted. And what is starting to happen in Proposition 63, uh, they weren't exempted. There was no exemption in Proposition 63 for them. So in many cases, they're going to be dealing with not so much that 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 it, it may affect their duty their duty firearms when they're on duty, but any firearm that they purchase when they're on duty, uh, when they go to retire, uh, they may they're they're going to lose the right to be able to own and keep those firearms. Yeah, what, what because we've they seen, are officially assault
2: weapons. We, exactly what we've seen and you know we saw this from uh, from our friend uh, John Lott over at the Crime Prevention Research Center um, when, when, when law enforcement is 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 asked the agencies and we know that the the directors the chiefs the sheriffs of those uh, you know urban metropolitan areas they all have those more uh, liberal positions of uh, you know less firearms more gun control and and we see that a lot. Uh, and unfortunately, those are the heads of the bigger agencies. Those are the ones that get the airtime. Those are the ones that get the the face time with the with the media. Uh, you, you you listen. You, you obviously have exceptions. You have uh, Sheriff David Clark up uh, up uh, up north. You have a uh, uh, you know retired Sheriff Kevin Barry down in South Florida, or excuse me, down in Florida. There's, they go all throughout the throughout the country. But for the most part, you know the, those major metropolitan law enforcement directors say more gun control now when you get down well, and, at the bottom that's
13: largely that's by the way that's largely because and i don't know where they individually stand but a lot of times it's because the city councils that they work for they, they, they're they're bureaucrats they're they're not politics sheriffs for the most part are elected at least i know in california they're elected
2: yes yes
13: so the position usually that they share on that is usually their own
2: correct correct but you know what being a, a politician they have to mirror what the community says, you know, to, to, to keep those votes also. And, I, you know, what? I, I get that you're trying to keep your job, especially as a law enforcement officer. You're not a career politician. You're a career law enforcement officer. It happens to be the, the boss now. Uh, but mm-hmm. the, the, the point running back to here, uh, when you get down, no matter what, if it's a big agency, small agency, metropolitan, or, you know, you're, you're just watching cornfields, that individual officer, the guy at the ground level, is, is I forget the number off the top of my head, is 80 90%, you know, pro-Second Amendment, pro-Constitution, pro-gun. The, the guys oh, at the bottom definitely. level have always been there, and it's just like you said. It's those people at the top that are tied in with the politics, tied in with the unions, and that's when you hear law enforcement says no-no to guns and we're against this gun and we, we want gun restrictions. That's not... Well, and that's, Go ahead, Craig.
13: You know what? And, and you know you're 100% and that's because the average law enforcement officer knows this. They know that as hard as they work, they can't be everywhere. And they know that, that, that oftentimes... You know, when there's – when something goes down, you are your own first responder. They get that. Most of the times when they show up on the scene, the crime has already been committed. And so they they know that they would like to be able to have the ability to defend themselves in a situation like that. They know they want their family members to have the ability to be able to defend themselves. And so, you know, no, I, I, I hear exactly what you're saying, I, and, and my experience with rank-and-file law enforcement officers – has been exactly
2: that. Yeah, it's a uh, you know it's something that th- more law enforcement is concerned about. There's you know you, you mentioned some really good reasons. The others being, uh, you know they know they can't like you said they can't be everywhere. Uh, but a lot of civilians show up before other backup officers do too. And a good guy with a gun is is ju- is just almost as good as a, a good guy with a gun and a badge when you're on the ground getting your butt kicked.
13: Oh yeah, well, and, and in some cases, especially in rural communities, law enforcement may be, 20 minutes away yeah. half an hour away
2: yeah
13: um you know even you l- just look at what what just recently happened in uh in london it was eight minutes before before law enforcement showed up now that sounds like a really quick really quick really fast response time but, but keep in mind in sandy hook uh it only it only took uh the, the shooter in sandy hook four minutes to do what to do the damage that
2: he did half yeah. the time yeah listen I, i'll give you this one just to just to prove that point even more the uh, the shooting in orlando uh, last week with the uh, workplace shooting where he killed five people that was two minutes from call to police and police arrival at scene and at that point the bad guy was putting the pre- the, uh, the barrel in his mouth to, to end it but he'd already killed five innocents in two minutes it's a it's an amazing and, it's, it's an amazing timeline
13: and, and the thing is is that you know don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not here trying to say that you know in every single situation an armed person would have uh, the, the ability that be able to be armed would have made a difference because not everybody avails them of, the, of that right not everybody takes the opportunity uh, or in my in my opinion uh, accepts the responsibility uh, of 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 being there of doing that but the the, the challenge is that you you reduce dramatically the ability for individuals for, to be able To defend themselves, defend their community. See, I I believe that, that not only do we have a right to defend ourselves, but we have, with that comes the responsibility to defend our home, our families, and our community. That's what the militia part of the Second Amendment is all about. It's talking about that responsibility. That's what a militia is it's about protecting your home and your community and your neighborhood. And that's all part of the responsibility that you have that comes with exercising the right to keep them bare arms
2: yeah you know what that's it i I love having you on Craig. I love where we go. You know where we think, where we say we're gonna, we're gonna talk about legislative updates, and that's where we were going. And I'm sure we've got some more. We may not be able to get to because we're coming up on the end of the segment here. But you, you, we've gone down to the core of it. We've gone down to uh, why the Second Amendment exists. We've gone down to who it exists for, and, and and the purposes that you have that opportunity to decide whether or not you want to defend yourself. Like you said, a firearm may not have stopped Sandy Hook, but it would have at least given that person the decision to make on their own.
13: Exactly,
2: Craig. Thanks for joining us Appreciate again. We, uh, we, uh, we've, we've again run out of time with you. Um, it's, it's firearmspolicy.org. Firearmspolicy.org. Any place else you want us to be looking and watching?
13: Uh, no, right now that, that's the spot. Uh, oh, follow us on Facebook. Gun, uh, you can either just search for Firearms Policy uh, Coalition, or you can just uh, firearmsfacebook.com uh, uh, forward slash gun policy.
2: Perfect. Craig's, thanks for joining us again. And uh, two weeks, buddy, we'll see you back on the show.
13: Always a pleasure, sir.
2: You're listening to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Kiltech Studios. Major Bill, when we get back.
0: Oh. Make
1: your tactical rifle tactic-cool and accessorize it with the latest gear from GunTech USA. Family-owned and operated, GunTech USA manufactures tactical accessories for AR-15 and AR-308 platform-style rifles. For nearly three decades, GunTech USA has been producing the finest quality accessories for American Shooting Sports' favorite rifles. Choose GunTech USA for pistol grips, flash hiders, tactical scope mounts, slings, compensators, iron sights, and more. Keep your AR rifle cool under fire with GunTech USA's new free-floating handguards. To locate a dealer near you or to check out their vast selection of parts, accessories and guntech swag. Visit guntecusa.com. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or have it done, make your tactical rifle tactical. cool. Insist on Guntech USA parts. Guntech USA. A proud supporter of the Second Amendment, the National Rifle Association and the Wounded Warrior Project. Online at guntecusa.com. Guntech USA, defining tactical excellence for 27 years and counting.
3: You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the kel Studios. Got a question for the guys? You can call, tweet, email, or message them by going to armsroomradio.com. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast-to-coast, with Mike and the guys in the kel Studios.
5: The Fallen Heroes segment of Arms Room Radio, is proudly brought to you by MaxLawOrlando.com.
2: Army Specialist Dane O. Carver died December 26, 2005, serving during Operation Iraqi Freedom. Carver, 20, of Freeport, Michigan, was assigned to the 1st Battalion, 125th Infantry Regiment, Michigan Army National Guard out of Saginaw, Michigan. He was killed when his Humvee came under attack by enemy forces using small arms fire in Kaladea, Iraq. Carla Halwerda, 23, and Carver's fiance, described Carver as an adventurous person and wanted to, wanted to make a difference. He often spoke about the danger of patrolling in Ramadi, a Sunni Arab militant stronghold. Carver, a former football player, graduated from high school in Midville in 2003. Carver's sister, Kristen Jameson, said he was proud of his work in Iraq and worried about his men when he was on leave. I think what he'd want people to realize is that a lot of good things are going on over there she said despite of a lot of negativity about the war the guys over there are fighting for a good thing his father don carver said he told me i want you to be proud of me and i am his father said he died honorably he died serving his country he died so other people could be free army specialist dane o carver you are not forgotten
11: if you have any form of legal question that you think you'd like to speak to an attorney about you can reach me at maxwellorlando.com, you can reach me by email at kevin c maxwell at gmail.com at the office phone number 407-480-2179 or on my cell phone at 407-467-4960
2: hey on the line with this we've got him back every week we got him he's part of the program you guys know him you love him please welcome back to the program major bill
4: major
2: t- bill
7: Round controls a major... Bill.
2: Take your protein... Hey, guys. How's everybody doing today? Doing, I mean, you
5: good, know, doing good,
2: doing good. Doing rather well, doing rather well. Hey, listen, I wanted to uh, uh, jump in, give you this uh, this uh, segment to uh, to do the story we talked about, and then uh, could put you on the spot. You know, I'd love to get you to stick around that second segment because we got some uh, we got some tactics we want to talk about and uh, you know we saw it happen in the United Kingdom over in London specifically this past week if you're gonna have the time. Absolutely. Excellent excellent. So hey, tell me tell me what you've got this week. this story seemed um, uh, you know a little a little political if you know what I mean.
10: Well you know this is one of those stories when you and I talked during the week Mike uh, it just it just got my blood boiling. Uh, so, uh, kiddos, let's let's jump on our computers and let's get on Google Earth, and let's uh, let's all take a trip out to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and specifically, let's go to the Tulsa Fire Department, and let's go to the fire chief, Ray Driscoll. Now, what Ray Driscoll has done, what is absolutely disgusting, in my personal opinion, is that originally... Uh, the Tulsa Fire Department put the thin blue line decals on their fire trucks to show support for law enforcement. Now, what people you know, may or may not know, you've seen them out there, they're the black and blue, you know, the black stickers with the, the thin blue line, uh, stickers that you see out there that show support for law enforcement. Law enforcement's a thin blue line. Uh, well, he's come out recently uh, and said that uh, that. It was politically incorrect uh, for him to show support uh, or that the stripes show support for law enforcement and send the wrong message to people or to, to the people of Tulsa. Uh, he said, and I quote, it hit me in my heart that this was the right thing to do for the city of Tulsa and for its citizens. And this comes uh, right on the heels of, uh, you know, he said that was the right thing to do to put the decals on there right after the five Dallas police officers uh, were assassinated back in July 2016. And you remember when we talked about that?
2: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but then he
10: he goes on to say that he wanted the stickers removed uh, recently because it showed that they were taking sides. They were taking sides recently recently. Uh, he said that I don't need the blue stripe on my fire truck to show solidarity with the police department; that they know that we have their back.
2: Yeah, uh, you know this. That's just not, uh, this, this is you know what? Here's my take on this. Uh, uh, you know, and again, you and I talked about it. That. He put those decals, or ordered those decals, or approved. Somebody else probably came up with this idea. Approved the idea of supporting the Dallas Police Department and law enforcement all across the country by putting those decals on there back in July of 2016. That was an easy decision to make. But now that it's become difficult, they've had. Um, what was her name? It was uh, Officer uh, Betty Shelby? It's Officer Yeah, Officer Betty Shelby. She she shot a black man uh, who had uh, allegedly had his hands raised, um, but he was continuing to charge for her towards her uh you know she's a you know she she felt the fear for her life she got charged with it she went on trial she was found not guilty and if she's not back at work already she'll be back at work soon Uh, well now because that happened in tulsa he's taking heat for it and he says that well you know what um i can't support that kind of thing and and i'm wondering does he mean he can't support the justice system's not guilty verdict is that what he means sounds like
5: he's a fair weather supporter
2: Exactly right. This decision well, this decision was, it was hard. Important,
10: it was important for the, the Tulsa Fire Department remained neutral because the Tulsa Fire Department treated uh, the suspect that was shot on scene, the one that was high on PCP, the one that was failing to follow Officer Shelby's directions, the one that went back into his vehicle uh, and possibly was going for a weapon. The officer didn't know. You know, she did and, and followed her training uh, so that it was it's important that the people of Tulsa know that the fire department remained neutral, even though they're supposed to be our brothers in the thin red line and, you know, that they, they, they remain uh, uh, neutral in this. And the rank and file of the fire department don't believe it. The rank and file of the fire department can't stand this guy. And uh, it's disgusting. He had to order his captain to go out and ensure that these details were removed from the fire truck because the, the, the line officers, the lieutenants, and the firefighters didn't want to take these stickers off the fire truck.
2: Yeah, yeah. They, when the order came down to take them off, they, the response was, you take them off.
10: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, it, it, again, we work, you know, I know, with my local fire department and anywhere we go out there you know we work with these guys hand in hand and when an officer is shot an officer is is hurt and that call goes out you know these these firefighters these paramedics will do anything and everything to get to us and to save do everything that they can to save our lives and when an order like this comes down it's just absolutely disgusting it creates a divide between first responders and that's why it's important for us to get that message out. Hey, this isn't how fire the fire service feels. This is coming from one person. This is coming from the leader of the Tulsa Fire Department.
2: Yeah, this is coming from a politician uh, sitting at the top of an agency is what what he's become at this point. Uh, in, in fact, like you said, the uh, the quotes are not polite. They're not uh, arable, uh about yeah. about him.
5: Yeah, the FCC would would uh, be be mad at us. No, no.
2: We- we're not. We're not going to get fined. Uh, we don't need.
10: Uh, we don't need uh, Mike getting uh, suspended from the Twitter. Thing. Uh, <laughs> he,
5: he does that enough on his uh, own. He doesn't need any help. Yes. Yes. Uh,
2: yeah. So this is yeah, hard, I mean, but and I think, like yeah, you said, that that's the point we're trying to make here is that uh, you know this guy, this guy, this guy needs to go. You know what? I'm going to put him on the list. He's going on the list. Uh, it's my first fire uh-oh. chief on the list, but he's now on the list. Uh, you know, so so he's he's going to be on there. This is, you know, again, you, you you make fun of your brothers and you and you tease your brothers, but uh, the firemen are brothers and sisters, and uh, n- you know you know it's not them, it's not them, it's the guy that's uh, sitting over there in charge of them. One guy in Tulsa, Ray Driscoll, and he needs to go. Uh, speaking of needs to go, Bill, hold on, we've got we've got to take a break. So uh, stick around when we get back. Uh, I want to talk to you about what's gone on in London, uh, you know, some of the tactics there. And then there's some new information that's come out this week that, uh, that you've got, I want to, to let you share with everybody here on the program. So, uh, so stick around folks. Uh, we get back, major bill will be joining us for the last segment of the program until then. Uh, we'll see you after the break.
3: now more arms room radio live coast to coast with mike and the guys and the keltex studios
2: welcome back to the program last segment already happens every time don't know where the time goes stick around you're going to love this segment we got a bunch of show to go Sit back, put your seatbelts on, and hold tight, because here we go. Uh, we're joined again by Major Bill, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio. Uh, Major, I wanted to talk to you about what gone on, what happened in London this past week, with some of the police response there, and uh, you know some of your observations of what we saw, and uh, and perhaps uh, what, what what may go on in the, in, in the future.
10: but uh, yeah, it's uh, you know it was a tragedy what, what happened out there. Uh, great kudos to, you know, the Metro London uh, police for their response and for, you know, what they have to deal with. The majority of the officers over there are unarmed. Most that they have are tasers and an Uh And for them, for, you know, some officers, you know, they went running towards uh, the suspect with tasers drawn. You know, kudos to them. They have won. Uh, officer who is a, a rugby player, you know, engaged one guy with uh and he took multiple uh, multiple stab wounds. You know that that right there is a true warrior, and, uh, and kudos to him and, and Godspeed uh, to him. Uh, but you know, with it took eight minutes for an armed response. Uh, to get out there and to start neutralizing those bad guys,
2: and yeah, right, you're right. But that, until that easy. until that point where the uh, the eight minutes had gone by, like you said, there was there was there was different label uh, different levels of response from the law enforcement was there. And you know, I think we made last week we said there should have been law enforcement present there because it was a uh, tourist area, a high volume area, high volume traffic area. Well, there were; they just happened to be unarmed, right? Uh, right. Uh, yes. And what we saw was we saw some officers do what the training said. The training says you have no gun, you come up against that, uh, you you go you seek cover. There were other officers like yes. you mentioned that decided the rugby player to go, you know, fist to knife. And then there was one other, a transit officer who re- he actually responded. He wasn't there on the bridge. He had to run in from a minute away with a nightstick and he goes and takes on three guys with knives. So, you know, who knows, who knows how many you know, other, you know, stabbings, uh, he prevented, you know, and again, he took several knife wounds yes. also, you know, but this guy, when, when they're plowing people over on the bridge and they're knifing innocents and, you know, they got seven, eight killed, he runs in with a baton and says, uh, I got something for you, buddy. <laughs>
10: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, he probably was a cricket player, uh, so yeah. was, uh <laughs> you know, swinging that cricket bat around yep. and, uh, sort of knocking some heads and, you know, God bless him for it. Yeah. But, That is such such an alien thing uh, for us to think about. i got a real good friend of mine who's a sergeant over there on the net, and we talk back and forth all the time. Uh, And it's alien for him to uh, think about having a gun strapped to his hip all the time, whereas we wouldn't even think about going out with not having a a gun strapped to our hip. Uh, But it took eight minutes before they got an armed response team out there to neutralize those threats, uh, but you're seeing more and more armed response officers uh, becoming visible uh, over there in England. Uh, and now uh, the Metropolitan Transport Police put out on their Facebook page uh, that you know attention that you are going to see more uh, armed response officers on our trains. At our stations, please don't be alarmed. This is for your safety. Uh, and there have been a lot of positive responses for that. But what surprised me in reading it is that there have been a lot of negative responses uh, from people saying, no, this is, you know, uh, police equals consent, and I absolutely don't consent to this. Uh, I, this is We're becoming a police state. This isn't America. Uh, we're not cowboys. Uh, do they not realize what's happening over there? Uh, what they're being faced with. They're being faced with people who want to kill them. Uh, so, what are we going to do? Are you just going to continue to hide? You're going to do what some of the other bar patrons did? You're going to throw chairs at people who are armed with, uh, you know, Crocodile Dundee knives? Uh, I don't understand the mentality. I'm trying to wrap my mind around it.
2: Well, you know, a lot of what I've seen, uh, you know, coming from that is. Is, uh, is is a lot of uh, call center kind of stuff, staged kind of stuff. It's this is just like when uh, you know the CNN went out there last week and decided to, the, you know, the, the the real backdrop wasn't uh, what was it good enough for them? They had to they had to you know fake the the background. Yeah, because I, I saw yeah. an article I'm earlier. I'm glad on. they got called out on it. I, yeah. I saw an article
5: earlier in the week that that uh, made us believe that a lot of the uh, citizenry of of London and England really have no problems with more. Law enforcement being armed because they realize that, you know, it could be a quicker response time and, you know, quicker of ending a threat. So I tend to think that a lot of this is uh, maybe a little bit more from maybe the political leadership than from the actual uh, people themselves.
2: Yeah, that's that's at least what I've seen, uh, you know, that it's it's it looks like it's being directed by, you know, certain websites, certain, uh, you know, anti-gun communities to, to, to do this. Because, again, you know, uh, Major Bill, you and I talked about it or sitting here. We're talking about it right now. This is not what the citizenry wants. The citizenry wants to be protected. And, you know, they're standing there saying, "You listen, you either either need to do something about it or let us do something about it. Um, I, I I do yeah. know. And let me let me get your opinion on this. I do know that. They, they are going to be uh, uh, you know arming some of that law enforcement. you know what well let me let me let you do that let me back up and say what have you heard about arming of law enforcement there
10: well it's the political uh, realm does not want it I mean they, 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 they they're fearful of it but the citizenry uh, from what I'm reading and gathering is no we want to be protected just like what you're what you're starting to say
2: and now uh, they're going to be doing it in some cases. London, I'm sorry. They're going to be doing this in some cases, arming the police now. Yeah.
10: Yes.
2: Now, here's here's what I'm more
10: armed response officers coming
2: out. Here, here's what I've heard. You tell me. Uh, and you see this with the response officers. The response officers wear the masks when they have their firearms, the, the black uh, masks. The regular everyday officers are, are, are saying, listen, unless you're going to give us the gun 24 seven. So we have them when we go home. Also, don't give us guns for on duty only.
10: That, yes, that is true. They want to be armed officers as well. Yeah,
2: they, they don't They don't they want, want to get the in the spot where officers. they have to use the firearm on duty and then have to worry about being followed home, them or their family being followed home, and they don't have the ways to defend themselves.
10: Correct. Now, if you remember, that's the way it was in France. They would carry on duty, and they would leave their guns at the station. Uh, and then they had the French police officer and his family were murdered.
2: Yeah.
4: And
10: now the French officers now carry... Uh,
2: 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a shame. It takes a, you know, death to make, to make some politicians wake up, but you know, what can you say? Yeah. That's something I have. Well, they're my surrounded by around. armed security. So what do they care? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a. Uh, it's hopefully the lessons learned hopefully the, they get uh, they get them armed up soon i know the british police have said it would take years to get everybody armed and i, I don't know why i don't know you know they they've guns are pretty available to get uh, for with the government contract so i don't know what the issue is there yeah. but, um. But, uh, you know, listen, un- 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 until that happens, at uh, least to hear our-, our law enforcement officers, Major Bill's armed uh, and the other ones around us are armed 24-7. But, uh, in fact, uh, Major, that brings up the point. Uh, please, sir, you be careful out there. And thank you for joining us on this week's program.
10: I've all my brothers and sisters in blue. Remember, wear your vest and wear your seatbelt. Check your six and always go
2: home at the end of your shift. Folks, until next week, please, please, please exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly.
11: If you aren't ready, get ready. And if you are ready, stay ready. Remember,
5: keep your head on a swivel.
2: Don't be caught dead in a gun-free zone, and we'll see you next week.